0: Hey, this is Bob and the Don't Die podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, And brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That is the name of the show. And it's also that- a theme to our <laughs> lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. 100%.
0: Hmm. It means many things. Most people like to me, it was the thing about millennials and hugging them and all that. But also most people thought I was going to die. I'm alive. Some of the people that thought I were, was going to die, including Brendan Mullen are dead. And Brendan told me one time, Bobby, I'm really worried about you. You're not going to make it to 30. And I was like, yeah, I am Brendan. Yeah, I am. And. And so not dying is the whole key to life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. You know, Bob, I was
2: never worried about you dying. I was always worried about me dying. How could I worry about <laughs> you dying when I was worried
0: about me dying? Well, uh, don't we're, think ha- you we were a, that worried. But yeah. we we were not. But our guest, who I've known since I was 17 years old. So that That's is right. like 80 but, years. But he was, but he was yeah, only 20 one. Years or so. so I don't yeah. want to date him. Right. Yeah that I've known the longest of anybody besides Luis Garcia in my life and who was there wondering which one of us is going to die, Mike or Bob. And we can get firsthand Thelonious Monster, (laughs) who's going to die info from the great Bone Man, Chris Hansen from Thelonious Monster, played on all the records. Yay. All the good good ones, anyway. all all (laughs) (laughs) All the good
3: ones. Hello, everybody. Nice to be with you. And yes, I think, in fact, I would say I think I did see you die, Bob, but you, <laughs> <laughs> you died on your feet, but you, you had a good sense of dying on your feet, so when your head came crashing to the ground in Central Station Amsterdam, uh, came crashing to the ground and blood started spurting out of your mouth, so of course the uh, nice doctor lady came to the rescue and, and saved you. But yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you were dead on your feet. Mike, I was expecting you to- He to was the
0: worst, time. right? <laughs> it was just, he was the worst, right?
3: <laughs> you guys were, oh, God. <laughs> you, was
2: too, it a tie, Chris?
3: It, it, it was a dead heat, I tell you. <laughs> oh, gee, oh. <laughs> more, more on the dead side than that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but was- you, yeah,
3: let me just say, I was just thinking today, I can't believe both those guys are still alive and I get to talk <laughs> and I get to talk to them. So isn't that and, so, so cool?
0: I'm very That's, happy
2: to be here with you.
0: I love that. Thank
2: Yay. you. You know, it's funny Bob. I was talking to Chris last night and I thought, I never thought Chris drank that much. And he goes, Oh no, I drank Ooh, all the time. Because yeah, of- he <laughs> drank.
0: Chris Chris mm-hmm. invented what's called the Duke and Puke, if you want to get into that. Oh, yeah, the geez. Thelonious Monster <laughs> 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 Road. Oh no. I don't
1: even like the name of it.
0: That's-
3: we don't need to go there. Yeah.
0: No, uh, we, do, do- we do. We do go, go there. Do. Chris. This is- I'll tell it like how I <laughs> okay, saw it. Right. So Chris had gotten really drunk the night before. So Chris would get drunk at people too. Like when you'd had enough of us, you would just get drunk, right? Well, like
3: sure. Yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs>
0: even, I guess. Well, or or so, just get drunk. I know. Yeah. Okay. So Chris gets really drunk somewhere in the Midwest, and we're driving the next day. And those drives, Chuck, they were hideous. When you've got diarrhea and vomiting and you and you feel like you're gonna die and you've got to be in this van with these people you don't like for seven hours and wait wait and, uh, who didn't like who? Everybody didn't like everybody. No way, most no I think I think I was the catalyst for most dislike, but there was some dislike <laughs> going on all
1: around. <laughs> How about rebuttal, Chris? Who didn't like who?
3: I uh, everybody didn't like Bob uh, <laughs> except pos-
2: Chris except, po-
3: <laughs> except possibly Mike which is why he came on tour with us just to, just to support Bob
2: I think as a Ori- for- originally yeah yeah and everybody everybody likes dicks there was not a yes, single person that dicks did not dicks. you know why wait they said- <laughs> Dick said five (laughs) words the entire three-month tour. (laughs) I I just (laughs) want to say everybody likes dicks again.
0: Everybody (laughs) does like like dicks. Everybody Everybody loves loves (laughs) dicks. Everybody loves dicks. I love
3: dicks.
0: (laughs) But So Chris had gotten really drunk the night before. Might have been Lincoln, Nebraska. have to go back to that. Might have been at the drumstick in Lincoln, Nebraska. Might Mm. have been at the the Cubby Bears in Chicago. But Chris had gotten drunk the night before. And we got to get in the van and we got to go. And it's just like, and so we stop and, you know, Pete was a notorious driver during the day and he wouldn't stop. He like, he, he would not, you would say, I got to go to the bathroom. He'd go tough shit, put it, <laughs> pee in a bottle. And I go, it's not a bottle that I can do this in. Right. <laughs> and so, okay. So, but Chris, people would listen to so, you. listen to. So, yeah, listen so, you to. Went, so Chris no says, "I have right to now. go to the bathroom." So we pull off and we go to this bath. This
2: no, truck that's not stop. Exact, wait, that, that's not how Chris would <laughs> put things, though. Bob, he would say, "He would say, now Pete, now I, I really think that everybody I would need- love to go and stop at the bathroom <laughs> if if it would be uh, enough just to ask you to maybe stop." At just we'll make a quick stop, just kind of a reasonable that that was
0: so at this. I don't think Mike was on this tour, but at this truck stop, (laughs) we we went into the truck stop, got snacks, filled up the monster van, which was the X van with gas, and still no Chris. And he's the one that wanted to stop to go to the bathroom. And no Chris. Like like, we must have been there 15 (laughs) minutes, 20 minutes, and no Chris coming back to the van. So I don't know if it was me or Pete or somebody went to go look for him and he was apparently, (laughs) I don't know if I saw it or I heard about it, but he was on the toilet, also throwing up into the sink of the toilet of the bathroom. (laughs)
1: All right. And forever 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 known as a
0: Duke and Puke. Duke and (laughs) and puke. Yeah.
1: I don't think there's another side to that story. That sounded pretty spot on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm buying it, just the way it is. I think Mike Mart has some juicy tidbits about your uh, your, (laughs) your bowel movements. Uh, We were we were talking about that last night. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: You know, Chuck. I don't know. Well, we gotta fill we gotta fill Chuck in on (laughs) the alcoholism. Alcohol. I know you're a drug addict, Chuck. I'm didn't... an alcoholic, sir. Well, do you know about this alcoholic diarrhea all the time? It's a very big problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge problem.
1: Fluid poop is not uncommon yeah.
0: <laughs> it's called poop. peeing
1: out your butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, what is geez. it what does it come from? Malnutrition or what is it? but I had it bad.
2: Um, you, were, <laughs> you would literally you would literally eat junk food at truck stops. And then drink beer. That was it. It was like, and every once in a while, maybe there was like a hamburger or something in there. Yeah. But it was mostly just beer and potato chips. (laughs) Beef
0: jerky, beef (laughs) jerky, beef jerky. Beef jerky, does it? Beef jerky. Beef jerky feels solid. That's like a solid food, it seems like. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Chris chris got in a band with a bunch of nerdy guys in 1984 85 i forget when did we really start chris When was well the first it's show? funny
3: you should ask i've got the list uh the list of uh almost if not all our shows just in front of me
0: where was the first what? one at, that, at first, that art gallery
3: well yeah probably well Geez, the first one on the list, 1984 Club Lingerie with the Chili Peppers. And what is this?
0: Oh, okay. That's the 1984. First, probably so, so, first
3: real show. I so mean, we started in something.
0: 84. Yeah. And Chris, none of us were really heroin addicts, Truck. I mean, I okay. don't even think Pete had done heroin. Maybe he had. But but in, Bill Stobow was not a drug addict. And John Huck was not, and I was not, and Pete was not. So the band started, had no drug use really, other than me like taking snorting meth or something. So Chris joined a band of nerdy kind of art artsy fart guys, having no idea of what was going to happen, which (laughs) was the normal non-addict people were going to quit to be replaced by Mike Mart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is where it comes he's gonna blame me for his heroin <laughs> but chris what did you think as one more junkie first rob graves yeah. first me and pete get on heroin then rob graves comes and mike comes like you're like, surrounded I'm... by heroin addiction and, surrounded uh, by
3: it. yes i was i was the odd man out for... <laughs> <laughs>
0: What did you that, what did that feel like <laughs> did you really understand it did you really understand it
3: i did not you know what um i would a couple of things i was thinking about this a minute ago i was like thinking about how i used to drink way too much you know on tours especially um and all then i'm thinking boy i was for a mormon boy i i was pretty bad you know it's <laughs> <laughs> like, like a really <laughs> Pretty bad Mormon boy, drinking, smoking, <laughs> all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, and Bob's Catholic. So what if you take a bad, a bad Mormon and a bad Catholic?
0: Well, I don't know that I am a bad Catholic. I think that's a standard procedure. That's expected of Catholics. <laughs> yeah,
3: so, so I think that had was part of my saving grace that I, I kept a little bit of the, the, the Mormon
0: the Mormon, the Mormon stayed with you. That's can you nice.
3: take the Mormon out of Salt Lake City? You know, but.
2: Chris, I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think it had nothing to do with it. I just <laughs> well, think that some. No, I t- yeah. I'm being honest. I'm saying that uh, some people are just have a propensity becoming alcohol you know they they have it in their blood system yeah sure they have yeah. it in
0: their gene yeah. line
2: my <laughs> well, dad but, not, but wait a
0: minute but wait a minute i don't uh, that's that's the standard bullshit kind of line i don't think that applies to becoming a
2: heroin addict bob can i remind you your mom was a drunk your dad owned a bar my dad was a drug addict but
0: that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you end up a heroin addict. I just want to I I want to get Chuck's opinion about this cuz it is true that we say no, Chuck is closer to the to the standard beliefs of the addictionology. So Chuck, it doesn't nowadays we just say, "Oh, yeah, it's the same thing and people become heroin addicts." When Mike and I were heroin addicts in 1985, there was not a lot of heroin addicts. So it's not a given that you just become a heroin addict because you have a genetic predisposition it thrills Bob alcoholic I know but I'm talking about heroin is very
2: different. Heroin same thing just a model. No it's giant. not the if same thing. You were thing. an alcoholic and then you discovered fentanyl today as a solution to your alcohol
0: problem like you would do I it. I don't think I don't think people want to discover it. Chuck tell me if I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> See how it goes, Chris? Is it like being <laughs> yeah. on a bus? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is the referee. Well, <laughs> he is the referee,
0: but but you know the percentage. In I went back and looked oh, because of the death rate, because of don't die the movement. I was trying to see what was the death rate in 1984, 85, 87? In eighty seven or eighty eight, when I went to my first treatment, there was only three thousand nine hundred people died of heroin overdoses in America in the whole year. But I'm, I'm saying that people who choose to do heroin traditionally are thrill seekers. They usually are have criminal backgrounds. I guarantee you, your average Betty Ford was not going to become a heroin addict, Mike. But it's not the same thing.
1: But you, but you get alcoholics that would never touch. That's what I'm saying. That Betty would never Ford. do that.
0: You think well. Betty Ford's going <laughs> to shoot heroin? Never. You know, never I
2: thought I'd she hung out with me, she would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if she joined if she joined Thelonious oh, Monster, oh, she
1: yeah, would. <laughs> now there's now there's a book I want written. If Betty Ford had been in Thelonious
3: Monster, what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I I do wonder uh how I avoid I mean your your point, Bob, about the the you know the probability of any <laughs> up of I mean, five. You, we're not. We weren't the only junkie band in LA. Come on, I don't. You know.
0: Yeah, but I no, won't name no names. No one but, had four. No one had well, four. There was only things. one in Nirvana. There was only one in Nirvana. That's like amateur league. Yeah. They were a three piece. We had <laughs> two, three guitar players. Our guitar
2: <laughs> players were a, the band in
0: itself. Yeah, yeah but no, not when we were touring. So, we couldn't afford that.
2: Well, sometimes we had four or five, yeah.
3: Yeah. So I do wonder how I avoided that. I, I couldn't say, but, you know, it's, it's not like they, there aren't a lot of good examples from the rock and roll wor- rock and roll world as to why you shouldn't do that, you know. <laughs>
0: like, uh, but I want to talk about uh, music. I want to talk about music. So, John Fisante and Flea emphatic that chris hansen is the true genius and sound of thelonious monster (laughs) right and they both told you that i think chris
3: i i told me that i i'm not sure i that's
0: the truth is that 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 thing is what makes us different than so many bands that sounded that played rock and roll is your guitar sound that makes you that uncomfortable huh (laughs) it does
3: well the, I, yeah, he, I mean it's it's very flattering, but uh um but when I listen back to the first two albums, like you know, when I, I hear my parts, I'm like, yeah, that's kinda yeah, blah.
0: But still but, bow, but you might but wait a minute, you might be suffering from just what?
3: tripping out it's <laughs> <laughs> just tripping the light fantastic on those first two albums. The the really cool stuff it's is so it's
0: still bow. Dear,
3: Dear Departed, snowball. but yeah, that's, right. but I'll, I'll, I'll defer to what <laughs> if we have.
0: If well, because it's about. such a unique, you don't come from a rock and roll place. Like it's coming from, I always say Chris Hansen's favorite band is Talking Heads. It might not be, but that's what your guitar sounds like. Yeah. Well, that's is a
1: compliment it? in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But how many bands sound like Talking Heads, Chuck?
1: Talking Heads and Chris Hansen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the point is, why did Stallone's monster
3: never suck? I, <laughs> I also sound don't, like
0: but yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody thinks of David Byrne as a virtuoso guitar player. So why, why don't you just embrace that you're so special, Chris? Because here's Gosh. one person who we were all friends with that was no. just a genius musician who no. didn't even know how to play then when he learned how to play i couldn't stand it and in, including when we were in europe and he wanted to play guitar with us all the time and i was like i don't know jeffrey you better i don't know just come out for the last song and jeffrey lee pierce would always want to come out oh, on stage oh. and just play guitar the whole set and he yeah. sounded like Stevie Ray Vaughan and when he was when he couldn't play he made all those great, great records right mike but then when he learned how to play it seemed like Stevie Ray Vaughan was his his role model
2: yes you yeah, you're right
0: he couldn't play guitar at all and he made one of the 100 greatest albums of all time fire of love then he mm. learned how to get play guitar and i didn't even want him coming up on stage with us <laughs> you, you didn't like juno
2: you didn't like any of that stuff
0: yeah but he still wasn't what he was like years later when he came on tour with us in europe it was did well, you, uh, chris chris were you on that tour yeah you were and I... jeffrey would come up on stage and just play the stevie ray bond guitar solo stuff <laughs>
1: Did did he get a hat too?
0: Yes, he always wore a hat. He had a black hat. He did. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a Stevie Ray Vaughan hat. It was more like a Buster Brown hat. But he had a hat. You have to have a hat if you're going to play a strat. Uh, That's
3: why they rhyme. (laughs) Yeah, I got the strat. and that's kind of the direction I'm heading these days. So Steve, <laughs> Steve <laughs> <Riffle>? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty <laughs> offended right now. No, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. you know what that, that does happen a lot though. The more people learn about music, sometimes the more it uh, squashes the individuality and yeah. in the freedom that right. comes with the less, you know, you know, well, and you're there, just playing from but the But
0: I'll, I'll show you an example. There's a song on the first album called positive train that Chris wrote and plays the intro of. Probably the only time that intro was played right was on the record. And it probably took two days to get it. So every time (laughs) it would come on the set list, he would tell Dix to play it. (laughs) 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 Uh, Are you uh, talking about colorblind? No, no no that's even harder that's that's another even one. harder no the intro to positive train the dean chris you know what i'm talking about right the, yeah the, oh my gosh
2: the jangly thing yeah the, the jangly,
0: jangly thing. thing you wrote it you yeah. played it on the record but you would never play it live you'd always defer
2: <laughs> catching lightning in a bottle
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: that's what that's okay. called man well, since wow. we're talking about my genius, uh, this, might be, <laughs> this might be the right moment to plug my album that I did with uh, yes, our dear friend Nate, Nate the Man, Nate the the man. man. and I we're did an man. album uh, that we Chris, put what out. Is-
2: where can you get it? Just tell people real quick, it's, where can you get it? You it's on
3: it it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere. What do you call well, it? Well, that's the problem uh it's just it's our two it's our two last <laughs> our two last names Hanson. if you know how to spell that and hanson potker a hanson yeah, potker <laughs> all right I'll, I'll find, it and, a H- I'll find it and put a link h-a-n-d-s-o-n-e chris i'll find it and put a link and
0: and for the people at home you're gonna love it listen to chris sing this voice that he has sure. doesn't fit the person that he is. I can just <laughs> tell you that. Oh, well, why is that? Huh? Why is that? Because he sings in a deep voice. It's, like, pretty spooky. And it's just not the... On that one, the, song yeah, the yeah, rest, the one song. Yeah, one song You got to listen to the rest, yeah, of, yeah, but all, the the rest of the song. Like, that's the song I like. That's the song I like. The rest
3: of the stuff is pretty wimpy. And, <laughs> yeah, but, west, Westfall. Although <laughs> uh, I did... I will say... Uh, and furthering this plug, I have a, an actual addiction song on there. I don't know. I don't think anyone has caught onto to my addiction song. It's called uh, Tragic Elevator. Uh, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so, yeah. If you
3: what can't, the hell, Chris? <laughs> if you can't remember, the Hanson Pocker just, sur- just searched Tragic Elevator that we are the only tragic
0: uh, elevator song. that's the is only that one in the <laughs> only one
3: in
1: the world
2: <laughs> only person
1: that ever wrote a song called oh, tragic Apparently, i'm mean that's I what i yeah. gonna call my band that
0: tragic <laughs> elevator Street. that is yep. a good name
3: t-e yeah. it's pretty catchy huh? tv oh yeah so yeah so, that was my addiction song and uh yeah but it's, who, who, it's pretty wimpy so whose experience so, is
1: it based so, on
3: well uh, i guess a little bit of mine but just kind of just thinking about you know the addiction problem in general
0: uh in minnesota there's a lot of opiates up there isn't there oh yeah i think yeah yeah and prince prince prince, prince. is riding his bike to the pharmacy all the time no Do you yeah, i had him he delivered he had no he, he didn't no he didn't no he didn't he would ride his bike to the walgreens they have i heard he all just kinds stayed,
2: of and stayed in his house and had him delivered that's what,
0: that's what no, I mean. you go on YouTube. You can see him at the pharmacy. The people would film him and he'd ride his bike to the pharmacy. It was close by Paisley Park, apparently. Oh,
2: you know, God, when geez. you're desperate.
0: Yeah, when you got a good thing going. But once in a while, you got to get out to the pharmacy. That's what I loved about <laughs> uh, Keith Richards' book. He said, you know, everybody thought I was some bullet-proof, immune person from being a junkie. He goes, I've been shot at. I've had a knife held to my throat. Everybody gets desperate once in a while and have to go out in the streets and do what you got to do. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine the guy who, in a dope deal, doesn't realize it's Keith Richards and like puts a knife to his neck? Like, what? Like, think about that. Wouldn't you just go, when the light got in his face, go, holy shit, you're Keith Richards. I'm, I'm about to rob you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me.
1: Guff, Guff, ma- yeah, maybe he, oh maybe he was know. a Beatles guy, not a Stones guy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Oh God. <laughs> so, let's go through the, the the your interpretation of the Thelonious Monster history, Chris. So, All do right. you think we were? I generally tell you my idea. It was a. It was supposed to be an artsy fart, jazzy band we couldn't do that very well so we became more of like a blues punk rock blues band but we couldn't even do that well enough to be compared to gun club or anything and then we actually on the second record got like we knew what we were doing it took like two years but we kind of knew what we were doing and it was unique and special and then it kind of it kind of hits its crest with stormy weather. And then it's just all downhill after that. Is that how you see it?
2: <laughs> well, of course, because Chris left. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I guess part of
3: why I left after Stormy No, Weather, but, but no, you're uh, on
0: the beautiful Mass album, young man. Don't try to remove yourself from.
3: No, he's not. My the only thing on the on the album is my my mug on the back. Yeah,
0: your yeah your picture's <laughs> on it. Picture, that's you, it. <laughs> wait, you, don't, oh. you wait a minute. Wait a minute,
3: Bobby doesn't. I play was on really done. You don't play yes. on the record. I do not play on that record. No, I don't think there's Why one is
0: your picture on
3: <laughs> That's yes? what he's been asking. Because
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> He's been signing them for years. They,
3: they, needed a, they needed a handsome guy for the, <laughs> for the band picture. So they either, like get handsome Chris Hansen in
0: there. My God, oh, I dude. was so out of it. You're on a record you don't even play on? That's crazy well yeah no you, what's crazy
2: is that you just figured it out 20 30 years <laughs> later <laughs>
3: Well I did, I did some of the pre-work with you when you were yeah I thought you I wrote when some you, were, of
0: the, you wrote some of the songs no
3: no you, you were doing it? your you were doing your solo uh, project
0: which was and- even better than the beautiful mess album by the way <laughs> an, an, it's like you know what that album so Pete rags on that album. I've listened to it recently. I think it's my smile. I think it's that lost art <laughs> album. Oh, that no oh wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but
2: Chris, that's
0: that's true of what Bob
2: did back then. That was at the height of Bob's egomania and yeah. money grabbing, grab whatever yeah. he could. Period. Right. That but wait, like, a well, wait a no. minute. I a wait a minute. I'm not. I'm wait. not. You know. You know. I love you. But um, I know. there was there was like songs like Bus With No Driver that I wrote with you, but there was no credit for that. There was cr- songs that Chris wrote with you, but there was no credit for that.
0: Oh, well, let's not get into the credit. Let's <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> That's, let's talk about it.
3: mere details. Let,
0: no, let's talk about <laughs> if it's so bad of a record, why is one of the, the songs, of the theme music to Don't Die, if it's such a bad record? Is that true? cuz look at yeah look at that house up there is the is the oh. guitar part that's our theme music on Don't Die it was a good record it was just overproduced and shitty and yeah maybe uh, you know I wasn't the fairest guy in town but it wasn't this awful <laughs> record the fairest. <laughs> maybe i wasn't the fairest <laughs> oh jesus <Yeah. laughs> I wait everything. a minute yeah, let's go through so th- there's songs like bus with No driver there's look at that house up there which is the don't die thing there's um i met an angel which is a good little rock pop song like i thought it was good um but they're all overproduced so they sound shitty that's what i think. They said, Chuck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If a, yeah. a song is a song is a song. It's, it Even overproduced, you can tell it's a great song,
2: right? right?
0: Um, Wonderwall is always the example I give. So, Wonderwall, a lot of people didn't like it because they liked the original, Keith Morris in particular. Keith Morris like the first Oasis record because it was raw and it sounded like ACDC and it was rock and roll and it was in your face. And then the second record that Paul Weller produced that has Wonderwall on it is really kind of foofy and overproduced and whatever. Right. And so it's like what Bowie did with Iggy. Right. Exactly that. So, so, but when you take Wonderwall, which is a song I remember me and all our, all my friends kind of making fun of it, especially Keith did not like it. (laughs) And and but you strip it down and play it because Ryan Adams did an acoustic version of it on one of his records. It's an it's a great it's a great song. Wonderwall. It's just shitty produced, overproduced, right? And I think my solo record was that. And I also think that <laughs> the felonious the monster beautiful mess was that. It was just the era of overproducing, Mike. Remember when they make the drum sound so big, like like a. Ink, like a bomb going in off 80s on the snare.
1: Eighties was, was notorious
3: for big drum sounds that just suck. Oh, it's so so horrible.
0: But but it got even worse. That, I think beautiful. Mess, I think I was making that solo record in eighty nine and ninety, and then ninety one is beautiful mess. So it's yeah. that cuss where it's even getting worse. It's like. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. Nirvana got shit for Nevermind when it before it came out. People were like, it's overproduced, it fucking sucks, it's fucking out. bullshit. It doesn't suck.
1: Neither, neither but does, that's uh, what
0: the sound of it compared to the album before is well, night and day, right? Well,
1: yeah, but Bleach doesn't doesn't have the songs on it that Nevermind does. Nevermind just has great songs. Yeah, maybe it's a bit overproduced, but it plays well and it hits a larger audience. Who do you want to You know if you made a record and you're proud of it and you stand by it then fantastic. If the critics didn't like it or if the people were yelling sell
0: out so what? Well let me uh, let me ask you this. Let's what about ask-
3: when the band hates it? That's- what's, what's what's your
0: record that you like, Chris? What what do you think is our best record?
3: Oh uh, d- uh, by far uh, stormy weather. Okay. Yeah, I think That's what I, I, I that's what I think too. The songs but- the songs are
2: good. The I actually listened to good. it good. after Chris. Uh, we talked last night. I listened to a little bit of it. And and um, So What If I Did is mixed so well. Like, that yeah. song is really mixed well. There's Because when we when we first mixed it, 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 it kind of sucked. Everybody's guitar was sort of buried. And I don't know what the heck was wrong with those two. But, and then we sent it to that dude. Joe Hardy. Yeah, and he remixed it. And he brought out, like... My guitar on on the parts that I shined on, Chris's guitar on the parts that he shined on, and Dick's guitar on the like all equally sort of. He worked on those guitars, and it sounds amazing. I think it sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, you know who he is. Joe Hardy was the guy that produced all the great ZZ Top records. Oh, I yeah, he knows. I he thought knows. it was some guy named Hill. No, no.
1: No way. So you, you, you got a guy that's used to working with a three piece band and he was able to deal with all those instruments. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he knows how to get good guitar sounds, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But, um, and then we went and recorded beautiful mess with him down in Memphis where he's based out of at Arden studios. And that didn't go so well. <laughs> 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 but, what happened to that? You know, I don't know. It was, it was, I thought we did it at Capitol. No. Then we re-recorded it down in Memphis with Martijn, Xander, Zander, uh, Dix. Martine Zander, Dix, Pete, and me went down there. What about yeah. the Capitol sessions with me, you, and Pete Anderson? That's so that only the song. Solo, Bo- that's the only the song Body and Soul. Oh. oh. Yeah, one song came from that. Yeah. And Audio Lounge I did with Tom Waits. So two songs. But the other eight or nine songs were recorded in Memphis. Re-recorded the cover, the songs or whatever with Joe Hardy. But, but I think the songs are good. So, Chris, what's your favorite Thelonious uh, Monster song? Not to play, just to that you think, wow, we really knew how to be good. What
1: stood the test?
0: Well, I haven't
3: listened to it in a while since well since we did our album two years ago, the latest album.
0: Yeah, and but listen, what, song and and what, think, what song sticks well, out? What song sticks out? Well, over
3: t- uh, over the years, I think you know the thing sticks out the most would be uh, probably so what I so what if I did?
0: That seems uh, to be everybody's favorite. I like the song. No, no, no,
2: no, no, no. How swan, like hands down, Swan Song is one of the most greatest songs ever written.
0: Oh my God! Oh my oh God. my God. Really? thank you.
2: Holy uh, God! Holy it, moly! It, it's about your I friend. I was going to say. It's, it's about, about love, a, it's about, it's about sadness. That's songwriting. I, oh I'm my songwriting. god, to me, yeah.
0: Well, I like the song Nothing's Perfect that's on Stormy Weather. Mm. No one likes that song. I think I'm I the like, only person that likes it. I like that, but we could
3: never. <laughs> but chuck, came, I think I wrote that one. I like that.
0: You, yeah, you wrote it, so that's why we never played it. So, <laughs> so we would never play this song live, and I would always say, Let's go over Nothing's Perfect and try to get it down, and then somehow Chuck in a in about a 20, 30 minute rehearsal, everybody would just say, oh no, let's not do it. Cause it's kind of complicated. It's got Chris Hansen chords in it. Apparently it's a little complicated. <laughs> right. You got the jazz chords.
3: Yeah. Well, I guess. I don't know.
0: Well, what is the chord? Is it, is the chord where it goes into the course? They always say that nothing's perfect. That chord right there. Is that not your typical blues chord?
3: Yeah. It's a minor, uh, minor seventh yeah, so chord.
0: Go, yeah, and yeah, Polonius Monster, you can't have minor sevenths and play them live. <laughs> you yeah. can't do that. <laughs> it's not simple well, enough. Chris, Chris
1: never got the memo.
0: <laughs> I think
3: the best songwriting on on your part, if I if I may, I, I've always thought uh, Colorblind, Colorblind was oh, yeah, the lyrics a fan- are really fantastic good. song.
0: I uh, can't believe I wrote that. You know, some people... Talking about songs, I I watched this Brian Wilson new documentary. It's so great. And he says something at a certain point. They ask him, how did you write that song? And he just says, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that's, I think it's something, it wasn't Pet Sounds. It was some other song, uh, Good Vibrations. And he goes, I don't know. And then they said, what? What are you talking about? You wrote it. And he goes, I don't even remember it. (laughs) I don't remember what happened, how it came about being. But he then says, I get an idea in my brain and then I go to the piano and then I sketch it out and then I go and record it. So it's this process and he can't remember how good vibrations came to him. How crazy is that? Cause I have that with colorblind. I listened really? to cause, cause racism is a big thing nowadays. And yeah. I played it for Elvis and, and, uh, I think I got. I wrote the lyrics to that song. That's pretty fucking crazy. And I couldn't remember being that smart yes. of a person that could write those lyrics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Inspiration, son. It hits.
3: It, it happens
1: sometimes. No,
0: I think you're. I think you're just in a bubble, and you just don't know what you're doing. That's why I think Phoney Monsters is at its best when we didn't know what yeah. we were doing, but we had become confident at at music when we became I think a real band is when it lost what was so special about it. And I, and I think that has to be a natural evolution. It had to happen. It wasn't like you can just remain, you know, not even knowing how to tune your guitar. Like Bill Stobel, Chuck, we were in a band with a guy who didn't know how to tune a guitar. I believe that. (laughs) And he,
3: and he played Um, on 12, 12 string. Oh no. 12 string electric.
0: And yeah oh, I got tone, it. we gotta to tell the story string. so he he insists on playing a twelve string on this <laughs> one one song chuck and so we're in the studio making the first record and he's just and he we keep doing the basic track it's just it's just pete and huck and stobow i think and maybe you were there chris trying to get the basic track down and stobow's guitar is just so out of tune and we keep stopping giving him time to tune and then he takes a few minutes and he says okay i'm good and, and then he'd do another oh. take, and it's his attitude. And then it became apparent he doesn't know how to tune a 12-string guitar. So then somebody from the, in the engineer, whatever, Brett Gerwitz, went out to try to tune the guitar. And it was such a shitty 12-string, you couldn't tune it, right? It wouldn't stay in tune. But he insisted <laughs> on playing it. Okay. He insisted on it. So then we all gave up and we were all in the thing and said, we're not going to go again. Pete, the band leader said, we're not going to roll tape until you get the fucking guitar, you know, in tune and get it down. So he was in the studio by himself and we rolled tape of him tuning it. Oh, <laughs> real.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you put oh. it in the mix? <laughs>
0: yes. Well, it's it in the on, mix? <laughs> I think it's on the album somewhere. Because at a certain point he's going din 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 and then he got to do the other string to the twelfth string yeah the play, octaves and he, yeah and he just says this thing and we had it on tape this is insane <laughs> like, <yeah.
1: laughs> you know they can be frustrating thank God for the tuners we got today snarks are <laughs> yeah. fantastic for that stuff
0: do you remember Chris when he said this yeah. is insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, you don't have to play a 12 string no. you can barely play a 6 string you can barely play a 6 string but it was
3: his whole it led, uh, Jimmy Page like yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was channeling Jimmy Page well that's <laughs> all you need is the guitar it's not about <laughs> playing you know? yeah. I didn't. Didn't he worked. also have a double, double
0: neck? Yeah, he had point? a double yeah. neck. Yeah. He was. Oh. He was in there. I just realized it now. Though he was nerdy and an arty guy and a photographer and a filmmaker, yeah. he really, in his heart, wanted to be Jimmy Page. Oh God!
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah we <laughs> we were his his we enabled him to live out his Led Zeppelin fantasy for you know Except a year or, this, or two or
0: however long. There's a guy the, you will know. Published. He invented a certain way of photographing uh in his basement studio he did it and it was remember that chris and when he on hollywood boulevard stoba had that Mm -hmm. camera that was on that crane thing so stoba invented a real uh kind of early version of of technology for for camera work and it was in his basement and he'd do these rock videos that had this it would i don't know what it was but the main the main claim to fame was the song "Crazy Train" by Ozzy Osbourne. He did that video. Crazy, that's what they yeah. said. He's on the train tracks. Stowell invented that somehow, and so that's huh. why he ended up leaving the band for uh, making videos. All oh,
1: right. Yeah, it, and he's he's the one that's passed.
0: Yeah, he passed yeah. away from heart yeah. problems. Oh, it was so yeah. sad.
3: Bill Stobow.
0: Yeah, He woke I up one Bill. morning. He was having a heart attack. It was just so awful. But th- at his funeral, I was sober, just got sober when he died. 96, then he died. Hmm. And we went to his funeral and Elijah was with me. Elijah was like 11. And I started crying. I just remember just heaving, sobbing, crying. And I don't think I was totally crying for the loss of Bill. I think I was crying about it at all. And I couldn't stop crying. And Elijah was looking at me with fear, and I was trying to stop crying because he was so scared. And then on the way home, he said, That's the first time I've ever seen you cry, dad. And that's, that to me, I always talk about that when I'm talking about sobriety. That I was, I was, I wasn't able to stuff everything anymore with drugs. Like, and I really wasn't crying just because Bill had died. I was crying for all of us and for Hillel that died and for the whole thing and the mess we'd all made of our lives. It just hit me at his funeral in this one moment, and then I felt manipulated later. And I because people were saying, "Man, you were really, you really were, you know, crying at Bill's funeral or whatever." And it, they, you know, how they make those memorial videotapes of people when they die. I'm sure many of our thousands mm-hmm. of uh, deaths at our rehabs, as uh, you've been to a few. So they did this thing, and it was uh, just a film of Bill canoeing in Alaska. Cause all the guys, not me, but the, you know, Pete and, and Bill and Flea and Anthony would go to Alaska camping or whatever. And he's just canoeing in this peaceful river and the music they put behind it was fake plastic trees by Radiohead. How manipulative Mm. is that? (laughs) and it they wanted just, you like, to cry yeah yeah but not as much as i did chuck <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know i was i was heaving sobbing so much that it was making people pissed off <laughs> and it was scaring my 11 year old son and i and i and i say that because i want people to know when you're grieving you don't know how it comes out and i know it wasn't bill and i weren't that close i was sad that he died but it was just all of us together at his funeral and just how fucked up everything was. And it was fucked up that he's dead. And just everything was fucked up. And you just got to open your soul and let yourself weep and mourn it. And I don't think enough people do that. <laughs>
3: hey, you know, I finally uh, watched uh, I uh, Bob and the Monster. Oh, dear, Chris
0: Hansen! I heard that you wouldn't be in it. You were asked and you wouldn't be in it.
3: Which I refused was, to sign.
0: I <laughs> refused to
3: sign. I got a little bit on my high horse um, and refused to sign, which is, yeah, that's fine. I, I'm, you know, my interview is, well, is not missed by anyone, I don't think.
1: Wait a second, uh, though. There's no. There's more to it than that. You said you got on your high horse, but you just didn't want to what? You didn't want to talk bad or you didn't want to?
0: He didn't want I, to tell the tell the truth. What did you? What no, was, what was? no, no,
3: no. It was just the whole. It was just the whole feel at the time that I was approached. I didn't. I was
2: not. I Both you and Pete about, resented the yeah. fact resented the fact that it was called Bob and the Monster. It wasn't a Thel- When you found out it was right. not a Thelonious Monster movie about Thelonious, you thought it was about Bob. And then she did have a lengthy sort of contract thing to sign that was kind of given away. All this and that and I didn't even read it. I just signed it. I said, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah.
3: Well, but I should. Like I said, I got to, uh to Chuck. I tended to get on my high horse back in back in the the day. I'm much I'm older and a little wiser bit more now. relaxed now, but wiser, but, more relaxed. But
0: <laughs> but here's the thing, let's go over Bob and the Monster. I always understood now Pete and I have made peace about it. Pete and I actually Pretty good, you know, and have been for many years. And I just explained it, and and I'm not manipulating her or anything. She came to me and said, I want to do a, a documentary about Thelonious Monster, but I won't be able to get the funding for it. But with you, what's happened to you getting sober and helping other musicians, if we weave that in, we can get the Thelonious Monster thing seen by people. And really, when she told me that, I was like, because my, my dream has always been something that I think Vashante told me that someday, especially the first Thelonious Monster record, which is his favorite, The Baby You're Bum of My Life Out, someday those records will re- be respected the way they should be. Right? There's a lot of bands that suck. That, that just have this legendary pitchfork reputation that we don't have, and I and it does it used to bother me a lot. It doesn't I don't give a fuck now. But
1: well, you'll probably but, have to die first, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> no, I think it's going to be eclipsed by this through this sobriety shit. Uh, it, like uh, me, and, me and Anthony were joking, like about because uh, they released Sidney Poitier's. Uh, obituary before he had actually died did you see that it was like a four hours too early and then they had to retract for a few hours and then he finally did oh, die really? and then
3: like yeah, Betty so- Betty white being on the wall <laughs> before she 100 years
0: because like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor so so they have no. your obituary already written right a lot of a lot of musicians and stuff like that and we sure. were talking about what it's going to be and you know it, we were joking like the sock thing that the Chili Peppers did. And they only did it like maybe four or five times in LA. You, they didn't do it once they started playing like sports arena and stuff, I don't think. I think maybe mm-hmm. they did it there, but they didn't do it for that long. And it was certainly not past like 1986. They've been a band for 40 years, but mm-hmm. yet in their obituary will be this thing about this sock. Why is it that things like that stick on people? <laughs> Because it's fun to say socks on cocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's
1: got a ring. It's short <laughs> to the point. And, and you know, <laughs> I think the only poster I ever saw that was with Hillel in the band. I mean, yeah, so it's like. Yeah, it
0: was, it was the sock thing.
1: And and they didn't even break until like Mother's Milk.
0: Mother's 90, Milk ni- Well, that's 80, 80, 89. 88? 89 is Mother's Milk and 91. Is. I only think they broke when Blood Sugar sucks magic, but because a lot of other bands that had hit albums with a hit cover song, you know what I mean? It was kind mm-hmm. of a thing at the time, but then there was no denying like they are a band to be reckoned with, with blood sugar, sex magic. But anyway, so in my obituary, it's all going to be celebrity. We have Dr. Drew. I know that Dr. Drew's name is going to be in my obituary. <laughs> and I'm not, that, I'm not that happy about that. I've done a lot of other things with my
1: life. <laughs> You're going to need to extricate yourself from all things Drew for a while. <clears throat> <This In> <laughs>
2: Bob, just know this. If you go before me, I'm going to, the last thing is when they start throwing dirt on you, I'm going to wait until everybody leaves. And then the last thing, they're going to start covering you up. And I'm going to throw in a beautiful mess album right <laughs> on top of there. <laughs> and yeah. that's what's going
0: <laughs> to, I'm like, going to sneak in, in there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. What about yeah. Mike? Mike, you haven't been in Texan the Horseheads really for 35 years, but yeah. that will be in your obituary.
2: Uh, I mean, nobody, you know, like you have to maintain, you have to maintain it. You know, if you maintain it, it'll stay for a while. But really in the big picture of things, you know, when people look back on music of our decade and and century, they're going to see the Beatles. They're going to see, you know, they're going to see these big bands. The little names are going to fall away. Just like all the little names of the, you know, of the greats of the Beethoven and the Mozart era and everything like that. You're just going right. to see the big names. The big names
0: exist. The small names fall. Asleep. Well, you're being yeah. awfully optimistic. True. Like, you think humanity is going to go on for hundreds of more years? Oh, Mike? yes. I, <laughs> no, I think, I think this Bob, is this it. Bob, this country like, is
2: only 250 <laughs> years old. Can you believe that we're one of the superpowers? I mean, it's ridiculous. A, lot,
0: a lot's happened in the last since it's the It's ridiculous. No, it's
2: all. Bob,
1: the, Bob but, you need to do the thing we do with people in treatment sometimes. We need you to write your own obituary. <laughs> so it gets said correctly and that it highlights the points that it, you wanted. Can
0: to, we reach out to the L.A. Times and say, hey, I have think you say you, in my obituary, you
1: should submit one and then they can run it next to the ones everyone else say were <laughs> Bob, who knew the chili peppers <laughs> and Jane's yeah. addiction Oh,
0: yeah, was close funny.
1: friends with Dr. Drew was <laughs> yeah, the best yeah. known for celebrity rehab.
0: Oh, God. kidding. it'll actually me. start
1: with kill Bob me. Forrest of Bob Forrest's Don't Die podcast. That's how it's going to start. <laughs> See, Chris, are you, get, writer, are you are getting
2: this, Chris? This is what we do. We laugh about death. We say, don't <laughs> die. And when you die, we cry. But then we <laughs> laugh about death while we're alive and other people dying yes. and us dying and everything. I mean, because what yeah. else can you do? You have to keep your chops it, up. You have to keep laughing.
0: And I can tell you that, Chris, working yeah. in recovery yeah. <laughs> from 98 when I started till about 2000 and Ten, It was uplifting. It was amazing. You felt like you were doing God's work sometimes, even though I don't believe in God and I know you don't, but you felt like this is transformative in people's lives. And in the last 11, 12 years, what the pharmaceutical industry has done to America has taken that away. It, wouldn't you say that's accurate, Chuck, or not?
1: I think they've increased our business tenfold and <laughs> well, decreased our success rate one fold right.
0: because... <laughs> Did you hear what he just said, Chuck? Uh, Mike, Chris, 10 times more addicts yeah. and zero success. It, it's it, it's <laughs> a thing called medically managed care. So it used to be you're going to learn how to live philosophically. And I was like, the person that taught people how to be punk rock sober or something, like you know, outlaw and, and kind of question authority, and that was people that gravitate towards me. That was my message: that sobriety is the freedom to empower yourself to not not be a slave to the machine to or this kind you of are. stuff. Right. To be who you are, and there was others that were more traditional, like oh, you want to you know become a accountant or whatever. And we had teams of people at rehabs and. And everybody, you felt so purposeful. And now it just became, uh, we got to have you on this medication, so your insurance will cover you being here. And, but we can't really talk about certain things because it's politically incorrect or it's, it's not relevant to the chart. And we only, put thing, we only do things that we can put in the chart that we can bill for. And it became this mechanized, and I always say it's the healthcare system that did this. The pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry destroyed treatment. Is that fair to say, Chuck?
1: Well, yeah, we've been saying that, you know, for a while. So it's like, and then on top of that, you get the people that have been doing it because it takes time to get good at something new. And, you know, it's like when people ask me to, to show them how to play guitar, I can't because I was never shown how to play guitar. I just kind of picked it up. So I'm not a good teacher but I'm good. You know, I could pick it, pick up something and and play it. Now with, with uh, sobriety, I was shown how to do it. And I can pass that on because I was shown, I was taught how to do it. And, um, but you you went to a
0: treatment center where you were shown that.
1: Right. And now the treatment center is
0: just giving you medicine.
1: Right. And, but, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing that it, is all the problems there are. It's a beautiful time for 12 step because so many meetings shut down and it's the time for people that have problems with 12 step and the old ideology to, to
0: start new meetings, to
1: start a new one. You don't even need a coffee pot anymore because people bring their own fucking coffee.
0: And you Chris, know? Chris, <coughs> just so you know, so it's yeah. from your neck of the woods, Hazelden right. kind of invented this, right? It's up above. It's in a town center, Minnesota, It's south of you, I think. But it's north of Minneapolis, right? And so Hazelden invented it in the 1930s, right? So about 2009, 2008, the Hazelden rep comes to my hospital where I work. And I'm so excited to meet them and tell them I'm an alumni. You know, like you went to college, you went to rehab. (laughs) I'm an alumni of Hazelden, and I love Hazelden, and Hazelden taught me so much. And I go to – and I have lunch with this guy, and then we're having this meeting with them afterwards. And Chuck, he was there to encourage and support and represent suboxone replacement therapy. And he worked at Hazelden and I was like, what come again? I, I was like in the meeting, I was so confused. Cause I had, had lunch with him talking about sobriety, talking about the junkie nun. There's a junkie nun that works at Hazelden. She was an actual nun and she was a heroin addict and very promiscuous. <laughs> and like you just you just don't forget meeting a lady like that. You just don't. And so I talked to him about you know all, all, all things hazelton. Then we go to this presentation he's doing to the hospital, and it was for Suboxone, Chuck.
1: Yeah. The hazelden yeah. guy. You're gonna get more hate mail. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not against you. not that I'm against Suboxone. I'm very for Suboxone. I've said that a thousand <laughs> times. But I'm just saying it's the last thing you thought you'd hear from Hazel. You,
1: you know what you know what I really like today is someone was telling me that the Vivitrol is effective with um alcohol use and then I went to the Vivitrol site and it said that um that Vivitrol was was effective in having less heavy drinking bouts in 25% of the people. Less <laughs> Heavy, drinking, <laughs> heavy drinking, In in one out of Chris, four people, Chris Hansen, uh, that could, that Write that down, Chris. Write
0: that down, Chris. That could be something <laughs> for see. you.
3: So let, let me see. tell Why you. was that? V I A Vivitrol. It's an injection. Vivitrol. Viagra. Okay. It's one same same shit.
0: That's that's a joke that some comedian said the other day. He said, "Listen, I got a solution for those other thirty percent that don't want to get vaccinated." If you figure like, you know, who are dumb in America, it's like two thirds, one third male to female. So, so, so 20% of that 30%, you know, two thirds of that 30% that refuse to get vaccinated are men. So in order to raise the numbers, Chuck, we should start spreading the rumor on Facebook that, um, that the vaccine makes your penis bigger. Uh -uh. And and <laughs> men will start thinking twice about it. Hey, you know, I know it's a magnet in my yeah. brain that Bill Gates put in, <laughs> but if my member is going to be a little bit bigger, I might go for it. Yeah, Chris,
2: Chris, tell us the longest monster story. Let's let you heard it.
3: Uh, okay, I like that one that we just heard. Yeah, you heard, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. I'll redirect when we start talking about penises well, and stuff.
3: You know, do, pe- <laughs> do people who listen to the show really care that much about these monster stories? Yeah, some d- yeah. Surprisingly wait
0: a wait a so wait a I want to well, answer a t- question, Mike. Let me answer it. Okay. Yes, we have two Devout listeners who love Thelonious Monster. <laughs> so there's two guys. Okay. Two. Okay, two. <laughs> so, so wait, two. And, they're, so you're and speaking, they're men. So understand, Chris, you're speaking to <laughs> Smitty and Wiley right now. Uh, go ahead. You have the you have Smitty the and Wiley. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Chris
2: Carey <laughs> and <laughs> Ashley. Oh, oh,
0: Chris Carey? Yeah. Oh, maybe four. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Chris, go. <laughs> One
3: of my favorites is we played to- Toronto. And we're leaving town the next morning and the uh, monster van, formerly the X-Fan, is, has a blown head gasket or something. <laughs> blown head gasket and Bob gets in the car, you know. In any emergency, Bob took over, no matter how fucking high or and he was. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always, Not surprising. I will take over. And so he gets <laughs> in the van and starts to leave we've got to get across the border we and I'm like bob why what's the hurry because we didn't have another show for a week or two i think we were <laughs> done with the tour it's like what's that why can't we get it fixed here in toronto there's a couple of you know young ladies that i met the other night <laughs> we're kind of nice so what's, what's wrong with toronto <laughs> so much and uh and So no, it's going to cost too much. It's too expensive here. We got to get across the border. So we go. So we head for the border, Toronto to Buffalo. We get to the border. Bob was, and you know how Bob looked in those days—the dreadlocks and I mean, we're four junkies in a in a stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob's driving. He gets to the border. Outpost, uh, the border outpost, whatever, with the guard, you know, the guard standing with his hand up. And Bob's like leaning out the window. We can't, we can't stop. I gotta get the I can't stop the car. We gotta get it to the shop. I got a blown head gasket. it he just keeps going. It's like five mi- five miles an hour. And the guy, you know, just, just goes right past the guard at the US border station. And then you all of a sudden you hear like 15 alarms going off, <laughs> 15 sirens going up. These, these barriers are dropping left and right. These cruisers come, come, uh, come, you know, out of nowhere and just fucking cut us off in the, in the middle of the, in the middle of the road. And I am like, dude, what's wrong? I wish I got to get this car to, the, you know, we, we got to get to Buffalo. Pull it the fuck over! <laughs> so, so, of course, we spent about four hours at the border <laughs> station while they they pulled everything out of the van, had the uh, the dogs go, you know, sniffing through everything. Amazingly, they didn't find a thing. I don't know how that. Yeah, <laughs> how that <happened>. wow, <laughs> dumb dogs. Because
2: we had done everything.
3: So, so after all this, we get to not Buffalo, but. We there's a garage in Tonawanda.
0: <laughs> how do you how do you remember names of T- little cities? It sounds
3: like you're making that one up. Uh, no, no. Oh, Tonawanda. No, I actually I'm writing a song about this. Stuck. It's kind of a Bob Dylan take. Stuck stuck in Tonawanda, Toronto Blues again. Like so we are stuck in Tonawanda, New York. For three fucking days at the Hojo.
0: Oh, I remember this, and it was the a Hojo. blizzard. There was a in blizzard. There's
3: a blizzard. Yeah, actually, <laughs> blizzard. The closest convenience store was, you know, like three miles down a desolate highway, and that was, yeah, that was a, lo- a low moment when we could have been, we could have been in Toronto for. Why a few did days.
0: we need to get to Buffalo? We never found out. I don't know because you, <laughs> no, you, We couldn't, we couldn't afford to get it fixed in, in Canada. We had to well, get, to,
3: yeah, we had I to think get I, to one.
0: I think it just the numbers threw me off, Chuck. It's like there's <laughs> high numbers because there's more yeah. numbers. Yeah. There's more numbers in Canada. Poser yeah, bucks. That- poser bucks. We used to call them. But who
3: who oh, would God. ever think of, of just driving past the, the U.S. customs? Yeah, yeah we got to, yeah. I'm just going to bluff gas, Can't, can't
0: stop. He's going to bluff through can't the
2: border. Cleaning yeah. your case out the window. <laughs>
3: I, so that's yeah. good. Were you there? Was, does that, were you there, Mike? I'm, I don't,
2: don't remember. I you, you should have been there. I was probably <laughs> but, there. I just don't, you know. Mike, yeah. My, uh,
0: Mike might have ridden with some pals out of Toronto himself. Well, you remember,
2: Chris, when you were trying to talk me out of quitting the band when I wanted to, I I quit in Boston, which is the farthest point you can get from Los Angeles in the United States.
0: No, Portland, Uh, Maine is,
2: but it's pretty close. Pretty darn close. And I talked you out of it? You tried to talk me out of it. (laughs) I just got out at the street corner with my guitar and said no, I quit. And I said and
3: if I I I think I remember the girls that were talking you into staying. Yeah, (laughs) I did stay with a girl, yes.
0: They had some uh
3: Yeah very attractive ladies there in Boston. Yes, Yes. and
0: and they and drugs too. Mike never went anywhere that drugs were not available. It yeah, wasn't like know. it wasn't like Mike was going to quit in Tanawara, New York. That's not where Mike's <laughs> <is> going to quit. <laughs> <Tonewanda.
1: Tonewanda. Tonewanda.
2: laughs> <Tonewanda. laughs> <laughs> no. not. I did take Tonewanda. the train down to New York and end up in the in the in the um at Ann's place in the kitchen, whatever that place is yeah, called, the home. Uh, uh, yeah, the home. home Yeah, home, home, yeah.
0: Until it started getting that too was... cold and I left. But let me t- let me just say this. You guys quit the lonely Monster many times. Me and Pete and dicks never fucking quit. That's true. Yeah, you, you well, wait, wait that is that, that a cool. good thing? <laughs> is that a badge of honor? Or is it like I was homeless for 20 years?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd be bragging about that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so they have less, they have more survival instinct, is what you're saying.
0: Well, they're so. They're, they're, <laughs> You know, it does, it did, it was something you needed to take a break from. I imagine.
3: Well, I, you know, don't forget you you don't forget your solo project. If I'm not well, mistaken, was, you quit uh, for about three yeah. months. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and running back with your tail between your legs.
3: <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> you know, Bob, uh, it, was, uh, it was Tony Malone was playing guitar, but I quit on stage one time in New Orleans, Chris. Uh, because Bob was giving me such a hard time and, um, we, uh, got in a big fight and I, uh, swung my guitar and I knocked it in the back of his head and he jumped on top of me and we, and I quit and I went to the bar and I drank and I drank uh, a couple of beers and then I joined the band again by the end of the set. (laughs) 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 <laughs> there was yeah. A lot of
0: quitting, a lot of quitting, but uh yeah. you know Chris you were there yeah. Pink Pop that was it really I, I just felt like the Pink Pop show wasn't that bad that everybody says it is. Was it bad being on stage seemed like we did an all right show. I thought
3: well uh the band did an all right show. You were <laughs> absent for a certain certain amount of time. What went there, on when I was there? On there. The,
0: when I well, was there up, did
3: well, you were either up on the roof, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, and yeah, you did somebody else were...
0: sing? Did somebody else? Did Dallas Don sing, or somebody else singing?
3: Oh yeah, well, Don probably tried to sing a little bit, and maybe right. Frenchie too. I don't know. But yeah, you. <laughs> you look at the videos. You're just you know you're rolling on the
0: ground rolling on the ground but that's kind of a legendary uh, that was our apex like that was the biggest crowd we ever played for that was kind of the height of and i thought it went off good i then it was fun in the beginning we were playing cover songs and then i don't know in my mind it was like all right and then over the years it's just like it's the worst show ever it was voted one of the 10 most uh
1: uh and most what?
0: seriously <laughs> <it was, laughs> really
1: bad. Yeah, yeah it, well, <laughs> no,
0: memorable. One of the 10 most memorable moments of pink pop history was that was us our set. So <sighs> I think we put on a show. I don't know why everyone well, was so I upset mean, with me. Why is everybody so upset? I, that was a fucking show. You don't forget no that. One's a, no one's
3: upset. Although, yeah, it's a show, but I I think it was one of my kids we were watching that and they're like, why is Bob, like, always on the floor? So uh, be-
0: <laughs> why is he? Jägermeister. You know why? Because gravity. Did it's you tell me? it's It's called Jägermeister. <laughs> why Meister. is he just
3: mumbling? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to, like, sing to the audience kind of thing?
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, no, so, yeah. Chuck, I'll just tell you what happened. I was dope sick. Uh, we had to leave before I, it was just, it was a shocking thing to have to leave so early in the morning to, cause the thing is way outside of town and I didn't get my dope connection. So I was dope sick and I was thinking, okay, we play at three o'clock. Okay. I got to get back. So we got to play and we got to get back. But then we get out there like 12 o'clock. We don't play till like three. So I just started drinking Jägermeister to make the dope sickness go away on an empty stomach, by the way, Chuck, what happens when a person in heroin withdrawal, and hasn't eaten for a day, drinks the Jägermeister. What happens? Are they able to perform a concert? We, we have footage of what happens. <laughs> <laughs> <We have footage.
1: laughs> they go, fuck you, Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well Cr- Chris
3: supports well, at that. Least, at least you didn't shit your pants on stage. That's <laughs> with- you didn't shit your shirt. <laughs> you didn't I shit your didn't pants. Shit myself.
0: <laughs> I did not, but I have at other shows. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you the best shitting story of all time. <laughs> I know Mike doesn't uh, like it. Let's so go full circle. Death, death and poop. That's the theme of the show. So we're playing at <laughs> we're playing in Cal State Northridge. Chris, I don't know if you remember. It was a good show. I had gone to rehab and I was sober and I was drinking Coca Cola because I was, you know, I had to have something in my hands because I usually had Budweiser. And it was, I think it was Chili Peppers, Dickies March. and Us or something. Chili Peppers, yeah, March
3: 1988. There you go. Okay.
0: okay. I was m- m- I was sober, Chuck, that day. And I had been okay. sober like 30 right. days, right? And so I'm drinking Coca-Cola and then it hits me on stage. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, not in a song or two right now. So mid-song, <laughs> I just leave, go running into the backstage area. And I go to the bathroom that we had this shared like basketball arena, locker room back, uh, backstage with chili peppers, us, and whatever. And I go to the bathroom, there's nobody really in there. Everybody's out watching the band. No, nobody's in there, but the door of the bathroom is locked. And I'm just pounding, pounding, pounding. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. Who's in there? And I figure it's like a friend of ours doing drugs. I'm like, dude, I got to get in there. I fucking got to get in there. And I'm pounding on the door. And the door opens, and it's James Hetfield from Metallica.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And just as he opens the door, I let loose. Because I. (laughs) You (laughs) were so starstruck. You just (laughs) (laughs) let it all go. But it wasn't Uh... a lot. And I just said, oh, sorry. I thought it was Anthony or something. I thought it was Anthony doing drugs. (laughs) So he walks out. I shut the door really fast. Take my pants off. Luckily, nothing had leaked through to my pants. Take the underwear. You know, it wasn't a lot of poop because I wasn't a very healthy person. Wash myself (laughs) in the sink. Sit down Uh, up in the sink. Filled it up with water. Wash my butt. Wash my butt put my pants on. <laughs> there was a hole in the wall, you know, because it's not the greatest facility. W- where I the men pushed can the see underwear it all. down in the hole in the wall. <laughs> and then mm. I washed my hands. I run back out. They're, they're, you know, in between songs, we just started another song. I literally <laughs> did all that in what it took to finish the song that I left mid-song in. How great of a rock and roll band was Thelonious Monster. <laughs> it's,
3: yeah. it's incredible. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, <so. laughs> Why we are not more respected. I do not get it.
3: <laughs> People don't know these stories. I gotta get it out there. Yeah. That's what you should have talked about in the movie. In the film. Yeah. Back to the film. Which I yeah. did appreciate. And I I had I I I don't give a crap about the politics of the film. It doesn't matter. I I hesitated watching it for many many years because I thought it would bring back. Yeah, I thought I re yeah. I, I was just yeah. every time I thought about watching it, I just start getting nervous. I know I, I can't I can't deal with it. Just the yeah the trauma.
0: This gets back to can you imagine what Chris went through, Chuck? Uh, the PTSD of four heroin acts in a band. You're talking about every day four guys have to get heroin and we're in Denver, Colorado and we're in Austin, Texas and we're in Lincoln, Nebraska and we're in Chicago, Illinois and we're in Seattle. And we have four guys who don't necessarily like each other that much. So they're not working in coalition with one another. Yeah. Do you understand Chuck? We're all going in separate directions. I think, I think, you know, raw, I think, well, no one was going in coalition with me. Let's put it that way. I was yeah. on my own. And, Chris and the anxiety and the the sitting around this <laughs> oh. one thing I do want to apologize for. You must have sat around <laughs> waiting for us for fucking ever and a day. Yeah, I bet <laughs> you a year of your life is well, waiting here, for here's these the Here's the thing though,
3: watching, you know, I, I had this uh yeah, this the stress about watching watching the movie. And I watched it. I'm like, oh well, this isn't, you know, so but the worst part is that, that Jimmy, uh acclamation stuff. right? that made that made me sick. But <laughs> <Poor doctor. laughs> but but then uh, after yeah. now this is where I get to say my you know wiser older wiser piece. But after watching that, I I kind of started it started kind of started coming to me that what I never really got was that you guys weren't fucking horrible assholes you were diseased diseased people and right that is you know maybe i'm just an asshole i don't know but that's it's taken me a long time to to kind of get to almost just starting to understand that and the, and the film helped me with that so i'm glad i watched it
1: you know that's that's a big deal because wow. an addict's behavior looks like
3: bad yeah. callous decisions when it's it's just you're you're just a right. selfish motherfucking bastard who doesn't <laughs> give a shit about anyone. I mean, that's how it, that's how it felt to me. Yeah, like these people are just really bad people. Thank you, Chris. It was good to All meet right. you,
0: so, uh, Chris. Hey, love you. hey, thanks, go guys. Listen, it's been fun. <laughs> go listen to is it Tragic Elevator?
3: Yeah, and out, Tragic Popper. Elevator. That, that, could, elevator that could go viral. If, that if could go viral. You
0: could have you heard of Viral. That? viral? <laughs> <laughs> <My mind. laughs> <laughs> yeah. bye bye
2: good night There's guys good, time, good, good time. night don't die everybody don't die see you later. see you Chris bye bye